Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. What an upper to start the Friday. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. It kind of fits the the darkness outside. <laughs> it does indeed. Wow. Yeah, and uh, sadly, yeah, this is uh, going out to David Soul, who we apparently lost today. I heard uh, Wink and Amy talking about this on the way in this morning, and they mentioned this song. Boy, if it, if it gets any more 1970s sappy than this, I don't know where. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. David Soul, of course, also known for Starsky and Hutch. He was the star of the Salem's Lot movie, one of the scariest TV movies ever made. Not a bad actor. So I'm looking at Radar a little bit. Just just checking it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, I say this directly to you, uh, if you are going to be driving today. <laughs> yes, um, I am. <laughs> I would check the forecast. Uh, it's And this is one of those where... So they say snow until 1 p.m. I have no snow where I am right now. Um, But if you're going to be out and about today, uh, it's in the low 30s. It's just below freezing. We're not going to get a lot of snow, but it's going to be right at that point where it's going to be slick and you're not going to know it. Put your headlights on today. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's already, as you mentioned, dark and gloomy outside. So even though the snow hasn't started yet, and one of the reports that I saw said it wasn't going to start until close to lunchtime. So it may only snow for an hour or two. But by that time, it should be above freezing. Don't let that fool you, though, because just because it won't be icy on the roads, as you said, doesn't mean it won't be slick. Radar shows if it hasn't started where you are net, it's yet, it's about to. Gotcha. It's, unless what radar is showing isn't doesn't hit the ground. Sometimes that happens where you see radar and it's it's up in the air. Yeah, stuff that right. hasn't fallen or isn't going to fall. And snow so, does evaporate. I mean, if right. it's if it's dry enough and if the snowflakes are small enough, it will evaporate before it hits the ground. So that may be the case. Snowing in Olathe. Okay, thank you very much. Let us know as you're seeing wrecks today, backups. Keep us posted on what, okay, Olathe is definitely where it has started. Okay, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So that's where well, it's coming from. Everybody in Olathe is now texting <laughs> us to let us know it's snowing in Olathe, yes. And it has that smell, too. I don't know, I mean, mm-hmm. that, that sort of snow smell. I don't know how snow can smell, but it does. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let us know what you're seeing in terms of how traffic is doing, if we need to pass on any wrecks to our traffic people, if we need to warn anybody about any particular area, just kind of keep an eye on it. It's early next week. That we're going to get, if I'm not mistaken, we're supposed to get maybe two rounds of snow next week. Monday is the first one. Monday is the day that Shawnee Mission goes back to school. I'm sure there are others too, but that's the one I have in my head. After the break, predictions on, maybe I shouldn't talk about it, predictions on whether we're going to have school on Monday. That's that's how it works a lot. Yeah, roll roll (laughs) the dice on that one. (laughs) We'll see. Right, first first day back from winter break. Oh, guess what? You get a little bit extra winter break. Snow in, in Lenexa. 
So, okay, yeah, please uh, keep letting us know. So we now know a lot more about the story that we started with yesterday in Perry, Iowa. Um, the We knew a little bit more about this guy as we were getting off the air yesterday. Now we know that it was a sixth grader that was killed. Um, and then we had several others that were injured. And we have not talked about bullying in a while. Um, and maybe we need to more. Maybe we need to do our part to make sure that we're keeping attention on that because that seems to have been uh, the alleged motive behind the shooting. It also may explain why one of those that was shot was the principal, who at last right. check was still in critical condition even after surgery. So we'll keep an eye on that condition report there as well. But yeah, it, it, this was a young man who, according to reports, and again, he's dead at his own hand. Mm -hmm. He killed himself before the authorities even got there. But according to interviews that they had with other students and people who knew him, said that he had been bullied all through his school career. He was now, he was a high school senior, correct? He was I either a junior or a senior. I, I, and I can't know. remember with, which right off the top of my head, but he was 17 years old. Oh, so. he is a senior. He oh, is a senior. a senior, yep. So he was that close to getting out of high school you know, half a year away, potentially, and and didn't want to, according to some of the reports, the reason why he decided to do this now is to draw attention not only to the fact that he had been bullied for his entire school career, but because his little sister, who is much younger than him, was now starting to get picked on as well. And he saw this same future for her. And that may have been what the motive was behind the shooting itself. And you're right. I, I think it does beg a much larger conversation about bullying. But I, I think we also have to be careful to say that bullying doesn't make this okay. For sure. Yeah. Um, yes. Forgive me. I didn't mean to intimate that. Oh, no, no, um, you didn't. I, mean, I was just I wanted to get that out there. That, that, yeah. That, you know, just because there's a motive, just because there's a reason why the shooting happened doesn't make the shooting valid. Absolutely. Um, I just want to read a couple of sentences and feel free to get in here. 913-586-7798. I just want to read a couple of sentences that are pretty powerful out of the, out of the Daily Mail story. Um, apparently, these two uh, had been bullied relentlessly, the shooter and his sister, since elementary school, which is a long time to be bullied relentlessly. And we all, we all had that kid in school, maybe you were that kid, that, was, that we just knew of, was just always the subject of bullying a lot. Um, they said officials at the school didn't intervene, and that was the last straw for the shooter. This was a classmate that was talking to the Daily Mail uh, and the AP. They said it escalated recently, like you said, when the younger sister started getting picked on too. Officials at the school didn't intervene. Uh, he was hurting. He got tired, friends said. He got tired of the bullying, and he got tired of the harassment. Again, to your point, I mean, it's, it's so sad for so many reasons. You have a sixth grader who did absolutely nothing wrong. And principal and others that were hurt and a and, and a guy that took his own life i yeah. mean because he saw that as the only out right and it's i understand it's a difficult situation for administrators and it's a difficult situation for teachers but this has been going on for far too long and we hear this same story repeat itself over and over and over again where you have a kid who is 16 or 17 or 18 years old and has been going through this now for a decade or more and is gone, and has gone through proper channels, has gone to the principal, has gone to the guidance counselor, has gone to the teacher, and nothing happens. They get no relief from it, and the people that perpetrate it are usually let go. Nothing ever happens to them. They're not punished for what they're doing wrong. What do we need to do better? We can't. It's too late now for this shooting. What do we need to do better? 
And when I say we, I mean schools, parents, those of us that are neither of those. What do we all need to do better? Let's go to Kelly in Lewisburg and see what she thinks. Hello, Kelly. Hey, this is Kelly. He Not thinks. Sorry. <laughs> sorry about that, Kelly. What's on your mind? That's good. Uh, I'll just... Uh... I do agree that bullying does have quite a bit to do uh, with the school shootings. I was back in the 80s going to Goddard, Kansas uh, school, and a student uh, who had got picked on quite a bit in high school. Uh, His younger brother was in my class, but he ended up shooting a student, killing the principal, and I shot another teacher or two i believe but yeah it's definitely an issue i think it's connected you know it's a lot of these you know i hate to say it but kids that maybe don't fit in or just get picked on you know kids are cruel absolutely so i i i think definitely that has a lot to do with our situations that we're we're seeing what do you think should be done about it i think that i don't know i mean you know I I think that possibly there needs to be some kind of outreach towards the lone wolf people uh, or, you know, the ones that don't fit in that are getting picked on all the time. You know, I mean, there's definitely got to be something that, you know, just reaches out and touches base with these students to see how they're doing, uh, you know. Yeah. That's a good question. I mean, I really don't know what the solution would be, but there's – absolutely a problem with it kelly thank you all right appreciate the call um yeah we'll go to ashley next and see what's going on with ashley hello ashley hey this just breaks my heart my 17 year old my jj has been bullied pretty much his entire school career because he's different he's got autism he's kind of a you know kind of a weird kid but you know weird makes life interesting and that's what i've always tried to teach him um the teachers at his middle school would not do anything the kids that were picking on him were the popular kids. It's just like when I was in school and when I was getting bullied. You know, this is abuse to these kids. And these teachers, I know that they're busy. I know that they've got a lot going on. But they need to start listening to these kids that get bullied. And I'm not one that says, oh, you, you know, oh, you're just offended by everything. You're a snowflake if you can't handle it. That's how I was brought up. And it caused me a lot of pain. It took me a long time to deal with. And luckily, I've talked to JJ about it. I've helped JJ through it. I've worked with him on how to deal with it. And it's helped him a lot. But a lot of parents don't know how to handle it. And a lot of parents won't advocate for their children. Big problem that I have is a lot of times they will separate out the kid that is being bullied rather than taking care of the bully and separating them. They'll, it's almost like they're punishing the kid that's being bullied. What I don't like right. is that we had Gypsy Rose Blanchard get out of jail last week, and everybody's treating her like a superstar because she escaped the abuse that she was suffering. What are we going to do about these kids? This is a tragedy that happened. It never should have happened. And it makes me wonder if that sixth grader that got killed, God rest their soul, is not the one that was bullying his little sister. Oh, may very well have been. Uh, yeah, I so. didn't even make that connection. But you're right. And, and something's got to be done because there's only so much that any given person can take. And people are going to retaliate. And, yeah, and, and that retaliation's yeah. never going to make sense. No, and retaliating is not the right step. Uh, But, you know, this bullying and this behavior is coming from somewhere, from these kids, whether it's the parents, whether it's, 
you know, a teacher, whether, whether it's just somebody in their life. We have to do better as role models for these kids. Otherwise, it's not going to stop. You know, everybody can sit around and do the coexist and appreciate everyone and all that touchy-feely stuff. But until you actually act on it and until you actually show it, those words don't mean anything. Couldn't have said it better. Thanks, Ashley. I almost cussed. Sorry, guys. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. At least you stopped yourself. Thank you. Thanks very much for the call. Happy New Year. Um, I want to throw a couple points on the table, and then we'll we'll get to more of your calls. And I know text lines fired up as as well. For those of you that say the administration needs to do more, I think we need to think specifically about what that is. How do you get a bully to stop bullying? And I hate to get um, psychological about it, but I think you have, I think we have to find out why bullies bully and it's different for each kid sometimes. Find out what that is. But when you say the administration isn't doing anything, what do you want them to do? Talk to the kid? How do you get the kid to stop doing the behavior? That's, I feel like that's the two places. Other, and I think we need to get more specific about it. Do you want to, you know, kick the kid out of school? Do you want to? I think you got to get to why the kid bullies in the first place. Yeah, I think that's part of it, but I think the punishment's got to be a part of it too. Because if if you don't, then what you're telling the kid who's being bullied is you don't matter. We're not going to do anything about it. We're not going to come down on the kid who's bullying you, the the one that's giving you a hard time. I think there's there's value in getting to the root of why the bullying is happening in the first place, but I think it's got to start with stopping the behavior, and the only way to stop that behavior is to come down on them like a ton of bricks. And if that involves suspensions, great. It involves suspensions. Sit in the library all day. I don't know if that does it. We've talked before about how consequences for behavior doesn't usually stop behavior. The threat of, you know, the death penalty or the threat of a lot of time behind bars doesn't usually stop it. I, I agree with your statement that, you need to teach the kid that's being bullied that it matters. Yep. That that them reply to- totally on board with that, and I agree with punishing the behavior also. Um, maybe it's the teacher in me that wants to get more into the how do you stop? Because I feel like the kid that's a bully as a kid is going to be a bully as an adult too. What's the motivation? What's going on? And I don't know how you change that, by the way. But I feel like once you know the answer to that, we you know what is it? Was that kid bullied also? I mean, what's the is he being bullied at home? What's going on? Uh, we need to get to a break. If you're hanging on here, stick with us. We'll get more, uh, to more of your calls next on KMBZ. Coming up after 1030, Manny Abarca of the Jackson County Legislature will join us. There was a meeting yesterday afternoon talking more about the future of the stadiums. We will talk more about how that went coming up. Uh, we learned uh, at least allegedly that the shooter uh, in Perry, Iowa yesterday had been through years and years of relentless bullying. It is not okay that he then fatally shot a sixth grader and injured five other people. But the bullying conversation is one that we can have. Yeah, and I'll tell you, we got a text in just a little while ago, right as we went into the break, that I want to spotlight here before we go back to the calls. Somebody said, my kid's school talked to the kid that was being bullied and tried to give them hints on how to deal. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Absolutely not. I mean, bullying is not something you tell a kid to deal with. Bullying is something you stop when you have the power to do it. What is wrong with these schools that are doing this kind of thing? That I I totally agree. The only thing I'll say is, are we not defining bullying well enough? Maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. But you're right. There's no excuse for doing nothing. Let's go to Teola in Kansas City and see what's going on there. Hello, Teola. Hi. Um, I really believe that the 
the consequences for bullying in schools should be a lot more severe. Um, the the consequence for bringing a gun to school is expulsion, uh, and that's just bringing the gun. We're not talking even using it. Sure. We're just talking about bringing it. But whatever's causing these kids to to uh, lash out or bring guns, bring violence to the school, if bullying is it, then under no circumstance should we not see it as something that should be severely punished. And expulsion should be it. I mean, if you're bringing this type of energy to a school every day and picking on kids to the point where they're mentally losing it, that should be removed at, at all costs. I was bullied as a kid, but I was um, a, a very short kid. So, I, I mean, bullying, you could you could try to bully me, but it's not really going to work, and you're not going to look good at, in the end. But every kid doesn't have that strength. And the, to the parents that have children that are being bullied, you need to feed into these kids any positivity that you can, and make sure that they can defend themselves, even if it is with words or with um, if somebody is physically attacking them, they should be able to defend themselves. Right. Um, I don't advocate violence, but I also don't advocate just allowing yourself to be a target. It couldn't couldn't agree more, Teola. Thank you. And and that's the thing. I mean, there's an inherent cowardice that's there with most bullies, which is why they go after kids who are half their size. I mean, and and most of it is because, and the reason why I think separation has got to be a part of this, not necessarily expulsion, except in the most severe cases, but in school suspension, even out of school suspension, because a lot of times the bullying that happens happens because they have an audience. They want other kids. They want the kids in their own peer group to see them doing it. I'm glad you said that because that was in my head too. Part of what we need to do also is take away the audience. Tell other kids to stick up for the kids that are being bullied and don't care about being popular with the kid that's the bully. Right. And we'll go to uh, Greg in Kansas City up next on that. Hey, Greg. Hey, guys. Uh, I, I agree completely with Jamie said, removing them from the audience. But the biggest thing is that we're all being reactive here. And every grade school and high school out there on day one of classes should be having an anti-bullying seminar in the auditorium led by leadership, kids getting handouts so that they can know who to contact when they see bullying or who, they, who is bullying them. I know all of this because I was bullied from junior high all the way up to my junior year. And I, would, and I went to people. I asked for help. And I was told to take care of myself fight back, etc. Once again, leadership is responsible, so it's time to make leadership be proactive, not reactive. If you don't have an anti-bullying campaign in your school that starts day one, you are failing every one of your students. Hey, Thank you. You got it, Greg. Thank you. Uh, yeah, there, there's another piece of that we can get into maybe in a little bit, but uh, let's see if we can wind up with Lee and Olathe. Hello, Lee. Hi, how are you guys? Couldn't be better. Great. What's going on? Hey, love the show. Um, my head is spinning. Listen to all these calls and everything because, you know, I have a fourth grader in the Blue Valley School District, and he is bullied every single day. And one thing that rang out to me from a previous caller is, and what you mentioned is, my son is probably one of the shorter kids in their fourth grade at their school. He's one of his main bullies is the biggest kid in the grade who's probably about eight inches taller and probably 60 more pounds than him. Yeah, and a big coward. And so, yeah, it is. And what I am trying to teach my son and explain to him is 
the story I told him last night is the biggest bully in the world right now is Vladimir Putin. Okay, and you cannot show weakness to a bully. And he has, to, even though this kid towers over him, he has to show full strength. He has to, he has to fight back. And as far as the school districts, forget about it. Blue, I've gone to Blue Valley. They, they have anti-bullying stuff all over their website, their social media. They don't do anything. Yeah. They, they really, they do not do anything. You have to do this yourself as parents. In the past, I have gone as far as I've reached out. I've went to other parents who have bullied my kid. And that has worked some of the time. Um, so that's one thing I would encourage, you know, parent, other parents to do is don't be afraid to reach out to the parents of some of these bullies. The thing you have to remember, though, is when, when children are born on the first day of their lives, they have no bullying in their heart at that point. It's a learned behavior along the way. So at some point, parents of bullies have to take some responsibility because it is a learned behavior. You are not born that way. Very well said. Lee, yeah. thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot for getting in. Some good thoughts there. And I think that, uh, you know, another part of the problem, and I ran into this a couple of times over my high school career, is that, the, I mean, what are you going to do when those administrators are the kids who, when they were in high school, were the bullies? And sometimes they are. Yeah. Sometimes they are, just like you learn it from parents also. Thanks, to everybody, for getting in. This is one of these we could talk about for four hours, uh, but we need to move on here. Manny Abarca, Jackson County Legislature, will join us to talk about the latest on the future of the Jackson County stadiums. Talk about that coming up next on KMBZ. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect co worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Happy to have you with us here on this Friday morning here on KMBZ. Uh, so yesterday was yet another meeting to talk about the future, particularly of where the Royals are going to play. Arrowhead, the Chiefs mix in that also, but particularly the focus is on where the Royals are going to play. Uh, and we're going to learn more about how the meeting went. Yeah, remember back in September when we got an answer to where the Royals were going to play? Oh, wait, no, sorry, we didn't. And here we are still with Sense no snark. answers. Yes, and, uh, <laughs> and we have Manny Abarca back with us, a Jackson County legislator, to do a little talking about where we are right now and this meeting that just took place. Manny, welcome back. Thanks for having me back. Uh, it has been a wild ride so far. 
Yes, it has. Well, and we've got a lot to talk about specifically, and I want to bring in uh, another group into the conversation because we're starting to hear more now from this community activist group, Stand Up KC. Uh, they're, they're asking for a community benefits agreement. They're asking basically for the royals to line out what the benefit is of the community for them getting tax money to help build the stadium. Does that complicate matters? Who are they and, and what, is exa- what is it exactly that they want that they don't have? Yeah, so Stand Up KC is a myriad of folks, namely our neighbors, the folks we see every day as we pass through fast food lines, as we go and enjoy a stadium. These are our common workers who deserve the rights and privileges to have a livable wage and fair working environment, right? But what happens right now is they're asking for a community benefits agreement for a project that we're not sure we're going to have yet. So it does complicate things, but it is something that should be manageable, that should be addressed head on from my opinion by the Royals and the Chiefs. And this should be something that we get through just like any other contention in this bigger deal. One of the things that they are pushing for is a community benefits agreement. Quite frankly, that might be a term that's been around for a while, but that really seemed to come out last night. Talk to us about what that is that they're pushing for. Yeah, so a community benefits agreement um, is similar to a collective bargaining agreement, um, but it's broader. So it can include everything from how we treat workers, uh, what the standard uh, rate of pay is, who constructs the uh, building or the edifice, as well as like, do we want it to be on the riverfront? Do we want it to have uh, solar panels as features? Do we want it to have direct benefits to the surrounding communities? Uh, Do we want to have localized restaurants? It can literally be anything. It is the grab bag of what is the return on our investment. So I don't disagree that there should be a broader uh, vision of impact and how taxpayers are going to get uh, a return on the investment. Um, But some of the specifics that stand up they're asking for, they've even admitted, could be preempted by the state, if not uh, in a third party agreement as well. And it's also complicated, I think, by the fact that we've heard this here. We've had callers, and I'm sure you've heard it from your constituents as well, who have said, okay, when we're talking about community benefits, take a look at where the Royals have been playing for the last however many years. There's not a lot of benefit that that particular community has gotten out of having that stadium there. So is it a tough sell to say that building a stadium downtown is necessarily going to be a benefit to the community around it? That's a fair point and one that was even brought up yesterday in the hearing by the city of Independence, who stated that basically they would be out $54 million in estimated return, right? This is tax revenues. This is direct economic impact of the Royals playing at uh, the Truman Sports Complex if they were to start constructing and, and leave next season. And so I think that is a fair statement, but it's also an opportunity for the Royals specifically in this situation to come out in the public light and say, this is what you can expect and and stick to it. Right. That's the other challenge that you preempted us with is, you know, what side are we actually talking about? What does it look like? What connections will it have? Is it downtown? Is it in Jackson County? We know none of that right now. And the expectation is this legislature is to vote on putting something on a ballot with a bet and a promise, I I don't buy that. Walk us through the timeline a little bit, and we'll get further into what came out of the meeting last night, but walk us through deadlines coming up and and what we need to be looking for. Yeah, so Monday, uh, a lot's happening Monday, unfortunately. Uh, Annually, the chair of the legislature is elected every year. 
that happens first. The fact that we've had steadfast leadership from Deron McGee on trying to come to some viable, better deal for Jackson Countyans may change because the the group of majority has shifted towards being more in alignment with the county executive. And so now folks are, are contemplating, will a Republican leave a supermajority Democratic body because of some coalition that's been created by those who are defecting from the chairman, Dron McGee's positioning. That may cause chaos when the next thing we do, the next action becomes, do we vote on renewal of a 3 8 sales tax? If that is the case, we may be dead in the water. January 13th is the last day the duly affected and elected leadership uh, that taxpayers sent legislators to do have the ability to impact and override a veto. As of January 13th, it becomes County Executive Frank Whiteshell all by himself by the deadline of January 23rd for an April ballot. The Chiefs have made it clear that that is what they want, and if not, they are gone. Now, you've expressed frustration with Frank White's leadership, uh, if we can call it that, uh, <laughs> many, many times uh, as we've gone through this process. Has there been any movement from the County Executive's office at all at this point? Authentic movement, to my viewpoint of what I've been made aware of, absolutely not. There have been efforts made to look like they're working, but the outcome is the same. We do not publicly then finance any team. We drive the teams out of town, and there's this magic assumption that taxpayers are going to continue a 3 cents sales tax and somehow have the county get more general fund money. That is clear and obviously not what taxpayers want to do. Manny, there's been, excuse me, a lot of stories lately, well, not just this week, about location. We don't even talk about them much anymore because another story will come out about, well, now maybe it's going to go in this location. And then the owners of that property will say, well, we're not selling to that site. And I know that's more of a John Sherman thing. But um, from where I said it's part of the frustration is have they not even narrowed down a location yet? The Royals have, have prioritized a new site. And that has caused much angst and anxiety, rightfully so, particularly for crossroads businesses that currently have built uh, a community that has been uh, amazing. And so I, even today, this morning, tweeted that I would gladly talk to any business uh, or a resident within the crossroads area to understand their perspectives as the royals consider potentially choosing that site. Um, it is extremely frustrating. And again, Taxpayers deserve this information up front, particularly now as we consider, as the legislature considers, putting something on the ballot. Not all the options have to be decided right now, but we should have a clear idea as to where we're going. Well, right. And so what's the holdup there? And where are we in that process? Are you getting any kind of indication from the Royals that they're coming close to making a decision? And, and is there any timeline for them to do so? I've been told that the there's to be a joint press conference our press statement forthcoming by this afternoon. Oh, we shall see. Okay. We will look forward to that then. I, I have to tell you, I'm running out of ways to ask how do we clean up the mess <clears throat> or how do we get into the mess? Because I sit here and I'm sure you do too, just with your head spinning thinking, I think a lot of us thought this was going to be pretty simple. I mean, yeah, there's the funding component, but, you know, you get a list of 16 locations and then we're going to narrow it down and boom, and then leases up in 2028 and boom, the stadium's going to move. Do you have any predictions about how this is going to go? Um, somewhat. So I can, I can kind of share a little bit about what I expect. 
um, as I had shared at my town hall on the stadium's discussion, the teams have already agreed to several concessions that are major wins for Jackson County taxpayers. In essence, a better deal as to what Frank White has suggested we need to create. The extent to what more they will do is to be determined, and what more they're willing uh, to risk in the executive's office is really what I'm concerned about. Because if the, the moral of their story is to drive the teams out of town, they have the ability to do it by themselves. And we, the legislature, may cede our power to allow them to do that because of individualized uh, skimping, I guess, of, of the budget. And so I, I worry about that. Uh, but my priority at the moment is to keep the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. Definitely. Well, and, and so let's talk about this and game plan this, because I'm sure you already have, is to that announcement that's coming up this afternoon. Let's say for the sake of argument, and even though I think we're all convinced that the downtown site is what the Royals are eventually going to do, but let's play it the other way. If that announcement comes out this afternoon and the Royals say Clay County, what happens? <laughs> We still focus on my party or the Chiefs. Like, <laughs> okay, point, fair enough. Uh, yeah. to, to me, um, I, I would love to keep both teams in Jackson County. Uh, you know, it, it directly benefits me as someone who represents both the East Village site and Crossroads to have a stadium move downtown. But I'm not willing to fleece the taxpayers to do it. There should be a fair deal that we can come up with that can still be better than the last deal we made in 06, that we can get on a ballot to have folks choose what they want to do and the future investment of this city. And if we can't even get there, whether they go to Clay County, whether they go to Nashville, again, my priority is still focusing on how do we keep the Chiefs here. Fair enough. All right, we'll be watching for it. And again, as you said, the big day that we need to be looking forward to is uh, the 13th of January. So over the next eight days, starting this afternoon, there's going to be plenty of movement. Manny Abarca, always appreciate the time. Thank you so much for taking us through it again. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You got it. Best of luck. Happy New Year. Appreciate it. All right, we'll take a break. If you have any thoughts on what you just heard, some of you are texting those in already. Feel free, 913-586-7798. We'll wrap the hour next on KMBZ. If you're uh, headed out of town, particularly if you're headed west today, be careful. I just saw three inches of snow in Wichita. So just check it before you go. Uh, what are you looking around for? I was tr- trying to see if the space heater is still in here that Dana oh. Parks had yesterday. As, as you're talking about the snow, I'm sitting here with my teeth chattering. So, Have we not fixed anything in the building yet? No. Simple answer, no. Okay. Still cold. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> um, all right, so we have a couple of lawsuit stories to get to uh, today. Here's your adult content warning about this one. Not really adult, but kind of gross if your kids mm-hmm. are in the room. Um, this one's against, uh, against Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, a guy by the name of Paul Kerouac. I don't know if he's any relation to Jack, but let's go with it. Uh, out of Orlando, Florida, went to a Dunkin' Donuts, is now suing because of injuries that he says he sustained when the toilet in the bathroom at the Dunkin' Donuts on which he was sitting at the time exploded. Don't know why, uh, although they did say that uh, Dunkin' Donuts was aware of a problem with the toilet since there had been previous incidents. That's according to the lawsuit. Without diving into further details about the explosion, uh, they did acknowledge, I guess, that there had been problems with that toilet before it blew. And when it did, 
It covered Kerouac in human feces, urine, and debris. He walked out of the men's room seeking help from workers and the store's manager, according to the lawsuit. And that's when the employee told him, oh, that toilet. So I don't know how this is going to go for them. But when you tell a jury that you were covered in feces and urine, I'm pretty sure that they're going to be willing to pony up a little bit of cash. And he's only looking for $100,000. Yep. Which is not a ridiculous amount of money. In fact, perfectly reasonable for something like this. What the story doesn't tell us is, was he seated on it at the time? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I guess we could assume from the bodily injury, although, I mean, if, if the explosion was big enough, then mm-hmm. anywhere in the bathroom probably would have been covered. Yeah, because he said severe and long-term injuries. Mm-hmm. I'll leave the specifics out of it, but I, <laughs> but if you're seated on it, when it explodes, yeah, with some force, I, I wanted. I mean, explosion can mean a lot of things. I don't know if we're talking about something incendiary or if it was just pressure that backed it up. It might have just been pressure, yeah, yeah that, that made it explode. But I don't know how that would happen. I know it does. Uh, actually, I actually have a family member who had this happen in their home many, many years ago. Thankfully, when they were not home, but uh, it made a heck of a mess. So, yeah, what is it that would make the thing not just fail and back up, but explode? I mean, when they said he was covered with debris, I'm assuming what that means is pieces of the toilet. Oh yeah, that's possible. As it came apart mm-hmm. yeah and it wouldn't those are pretty sensitive parts of your body it wouldn't take a lot of pressure from something being backed up right from underneath to cause some, some I, serious injury i just uh, we just got a text in that said if you understand how a toilet works the only thing that got on him was his own bodily waste i don't know that that makes it better it's still not supposed to do that. <laughs> yeah. And if he got hurt and it was their toilet and they knew something was wrong with it, I'm guessing that there's a couple of zeros attached to that. All right. Then we go to Georgia for this next story. Um, so you have a 75-year-old man, which is what makes me initially you want to mock this story a lot uh-huh. because of the way that this guy tried to open a bag of chips with a, and what he used. Yeah, with a cigarette lighter. Um He was having trouble apparently opening the chips, so he decided, well, it's a plastic bag. If I use the lighter, it'll burn a hole in it, and and I'll be able to get my chips out. What he didn't count on is that that bag was so inflammable that it went up in his lap as he was sitting in this easy chair. The entire bag caught on fire, and from there, things got very bad. Third-degree burns on 75% of his body. That's enough to kill you. Yeah, and again, he's, he's 75 years old. Um, and so just a little more, uh, a little more delicate there. I listen, we've all had that problem. You can't, you know, you try to flip over the part that overlaps and then you try to pull it apart and you can't, and you wrestle with it and you look for that, look for that little notch and try to tear it that way. And you can't do it. I go for scissors usually. Yeah. And my suspicion is that when it went up and I mean, the folks advice advice pointed out that, uh, you know, the, the it's not just the bag itself you have to worry about. The chips are cooked in oil, and a lot of right. that's still in them. So, I mean, even the chips themselves can burn. But my guess is that at, at age 75, he may have had some mobility problems. Yeah. So he couldn't get up from the chair when the fire started. And it may be that he didn't want to get up from the chair because it's hard for him to do that. Yeah, that one's, that one's sad. I mean, luckily he's still alive, and uh, hopefully we'll recover 
okay, but that's uh that's a scary situation. Let's talk about this roller coaster. <laughs> this is my fear. Right here. Yeah. You, you talk about your your number one fear being the escalator, right? And, mm-hmm. and the moving sidewalks and all of that and that last little bit. And this one, I am right there with you. I mean. Yeah, this the, scares me too. The idea of being caught on a roller coaster when the thing stops. And not only did it stop, it stopped on the approach on the big, like when the, the chain's still attached and it's doing the ticket, ticket, ticket thing, you know, oh, to bring the thing up. And what happened was somebody had a long scarf on board the roller coaster and that got caught in the wheels of the roller coaster. They're lucky that it didn't end up doing damage to the person who had the scarf. I, they may they not have had... Pull oh, and- yeah. Yeah, there was, I, I mentioned this on the thread this morning. There was an actress back in the 1920s, Isadora Duncan, who was a dancer and an actress. She lost her life that way when her the scarf that she was wearing, she was leaving a, a personal appearance somewhere, and the scarf got caught in the wheels of the car. Oh, wow. And killed her. I mean, that's that's wow. how she died. It was an incredibly gory scene. Um, and, you know, all her fans were there. So th- that can happen. But in this case, it didn't. But the, the scarf getting caught in the wheels of the roller coaster was enough to stop it. And it shut down the ride. They had to go up and get everybody down off of the very top of that hill. Each passenger was given a harness and told to walk down the stairs to the load station. Uh, safety crews watched on monitoring the situation to make sure no one was hurt. I am amazed that that's all it, given the amount of force in a roller coaster and a scarf's not made of, you know, they're not usually made of leather. I mean, they're not, you know, they're pretty flimsy, Right. That that's all it takes to stop a roller coaster. I would guess that when, when the chain's going like that, it's going to be whatever mechanism trips it to stop is going to be pretty sensitive that anything that goes, because they don't want, I mean, if there's something going wrong when you're on your way up the hill, the last thing they want is for that thing to go over and have a bigger problem once the roller coaster is not being controlled anymore. Wow. Yeah. Um, My fear always is being on one of these and being stuck at the top or being stuck upside down. Yes. They weren't at the top and they weren't upside down, but you're still at a pretty serious angle. Sure. Yeah. While you're sitting there. And, I mean, the good thing is they have those stairs because the workers need to be able to get up and down if something does go wrong. And they just, they, they made sure everybody was safe and got off. But still, scary stuff. Unbelievable. Okay, coming up, the age at which a kid was starting a business and the reason the dad is asking about it. Get to that coming up on KMBZ. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.